Hello, I'm Sofia, and welcome to What We Need to Know About Ukraine. Here, I learn about Ukrainian history, literature, and culture, and share my findings with you. Today's episode is about the executed Renaissance, a generation of Ukrainian writers, poets, and artists targeted and often killed during the Soviet Great Terror. First, let's understand what is the executed Renaissance. The executed Renaissance was the generation of Ukrainian intelligentsia, meaning intellectuals, who were writers, philosophers, artists, poets, and musicians that were mostly destroyed during the Great Terror in the 1920s and 1930s. The word Renaissance means rebirth, and Stalinist regime had literally executed many of the Ukrainian thinkers and creators, making executed Renaissance. Ukrainians then did not call themselves as part of the executed renaissance, but instead the Red Renaissance. But why are we talking about the rebirth of the renaissance? Let's go back in time to the Russian Empire. As early as 1620s, Ukraine as an ethnic group was under constant attempts of structural erasure of language and culture. The Ems Ukaz was the Russian Tsar's secret decree that completely banned Ukrainian language. The decree was never officially overturned, but it stopped being heavily enforced only in 1905, after decades of enforcement. Ukrainian literature, music, theater, art, and culture started to grow once again after the decades-long prohibition by the Russian Empire to use Ukrainian language in books, writing, church, music, theater, etc. The repressions of Ukrainian intellectuals started as soon as Ukraine was back under Moscow's rule. And even while there still was the Ukrainian People's Republic, it was constantly attacked by the Russian Republic. So this was just 12 years after Ukrainian could legally be used again. The generation of writers and creators that brought back Ukrainian language and culture, as well as started working on new philosophical ideas, were the generation of authors once again killed and silenced in the 20s and 30s. They are all members of the executed renaissance. There was strict censorship of texts, so most books were hard to understand if the reader doesn't know anything about the time period or the place the authors lived in. They didn't write in a straightforward way, so paying close attention to detail and some knowledge of Ukrainian history during the Soviet times will really help with understanding the texts as well as reading between the lines. But most of the works, if not all, did not pass censorship anyways and were banned. So some authors were published abroad in Poland, for instance, or self-published secretly, but that didn't make them any more safe and they were still prosecuted. Writers were arrested for the same reason, creating something unique. But the reasons on official documents were all different. Some were arrested for carrying out counter-revolutionary agitation, some for Ukrainian nationalism, some for a want to create an anti-Soviet center in a completely different city, some for being spies, etc. It's quite obvious that all of these reasons are fake and made up. All these arrests and information were of course secret. Regular, so to speak, people did not know anything about this. But many knew about black cars coming unannounced and people disappearing never to be heard from or spoken of again. It was not an open fight, but secretive, vile attacks. So what were these authors really arrested for? 
what were the things that Ukrainian writers were exploring in their works? And why did the Soviet government find it so scary and unacceptable? Well, the era of the executed renaissance is the era of the creative individual. This concept entered into conflict with the totalitarian regime of the Soviet Union, even though it did not aim for the confrontation. This is because the concept of an individual, let alone a creative one, did not have any place in Stalin's Soviet ideology. And Stalin knew the incredible influence that writers can have. He called them the engineers of human souls. The Soviets required obedience, but it was replaced by extreme individualism in the Ukrainians that were part of the targeted group. So their texts, which were prose, were divided into two general types, with and without plot. And in plotless works, the main things were not sentences, words or actions, but the subtext, the spirit, the smell of the word, as one of the victims of the executed renaissance, Mykola Khvilovy said. The style of strong feelings and penetration into the essence of the phenomena is called neoromanticism or expressionism. Authors also used elements of existentialism. They wrote in Ukrainian and talked of Ukrainian nationality, but it was not as significant as the search of the unique individual. Their works are about conscience and freedom, these people brought a lot of new and important ideas, as well as changes in literature. To sum up, the main components of the worldview of the newest elite were rebellion, independent thinking, and sincere belief in one's own ideals. They were mostly intellectuals who bet on the individual and not the general mass, like the Soviet Union did. When the Communist Party realized this, it began to act with these methods. Repression arrests, and executions. Most of the artists and the writers were repressed, and many that did not escape were shot to death. Around 260 Ukrainian writers were imprisoned and or shot, both of which led to imminent death. And those are just the writers, not all of the other creative thinkers and artists. There is one place in particular which went from being the heaven of Ukrainian literary circles to their hell. The Slovo building, Slovo meaning word in Ukrainian, is a six-story residential building in Kharkiv, the capital of Ukrainian SSR, built in the late 1920s by a cooperative of writers. Writers and journalists gathered in the chief editor's office of a well-known literature journal to work, talk, and discuss. In the premises at the same address, there were other institutions related to literature and mass media. All of them also became points where writers gathered. What's more is that some of the writers, along with their families, even lived in the same building after arriving in Kharkiv. It was here from 1933 to 1938 that 40 out of the 66 apartments in that building alone were targeted. More than 70 literary residents were repressed, 11 of whom were shot in the Sandromok tract. And in March 2022, the monument was damaged by a Russian missile. The permanent residents of the house are not the only ones arrested and killed. One of the arrested people that was just a guest in the building was Ivan Bagdani. And not only the writers, but their families were also sometimes murdered. Their wives, fathers, and daughters. The Slova house got a bad reputation. 
Soon, Ivan Bagrani called it a crematorium. Women were also subjected to repression and were part of the executed renaissance. Although they are less known and talked about than some of the men, they also suffered the same. Poet and novelist Moroslava Sopilka was born near Lviv and was twice arrested by the Poles for allegedly supporting the Soviet government, and after she was arrested once by the Soviets for allegedly spying for the Poles. Interesting, isn't it? After the interrogations, she and her husband were sentenced to being fatally shot in 10 days' time. Another poet was Ladia Mohilanska. She was 30 years old when arrested and sentenced to be executed, but that sentence was switched to 10 years of labor camp instead. The labor camp was inhumane and had horrible conditions, and it was also building a channel. When working there, the site caught fire and the administration promised those who would fight the fire to have their sentence shortened. Ladia was one of the people who helped fight it and survived. She was not let go from the site, but no longer lived behind bars and barbed wire. A few years later, she was arrested for the second time, and this time she was executed. Of course, today I am focusing on literature, but other forms of art also felt the presence of repressions. Ukrainian plays and operas were also affected. The artistic experiments of the 1920s gave way to the unified, dictated aesthetics of socialist realism. This style was generally defined in terms of realism, popularity, intelligibility, and truthfulness, and was opposed to undesirable elements, all of which were vaguely defined, such as formalism, cosmopolitanism, and bourgeois decadence. Strict rules were set as to what was and what was not allowed on stage. Having monopolized the right to the truth, the Stalinist leadership imposed an extremely poor understanding of culture and society, reducing all of its richness and variety of functions to serving the political goals of the government. This had a negative impact on cultural processes in Ukraine, complicating and distorting them. There are three books that I will recommend you read from three different authors of the executed renaissance. The first is called I, Romance. Yaromantika by Mykola Khvilovy. The main character is a person with no name. And does that mean no soul, no individuality? In honor of an abstract ideology, he must kill his mother. But is it worth it? The author himself died by suicide in the Slovo building in 1933, after Mykola was not only affected by his friends' deaths, who were writers, and the imminent danger to himself, but also the Holodomor going on at the time, which is the genocide by hunger that affected all Ukrainians. The second book is The City, Misto, by Valerian Pidmohilny, which discusses the conflicts of different beliefs, once again examining character traits, human nature, and individualism. Valerian Pidmohilny was arrested a year after Mykola Khvilovy. The reason stated was, participation in the work of a terrorist organization that aimed to organize terror against the party leaders. He was then shot to death, and he was only 36 years old. The third novel I will recommend is Tiger Trappers, The Hrolove by Ivan Bahrani. This is a semi-biographical novel that is about the experiences the author went through during the age of the Soviet terror. The novel is concerned with the tragic lives of people in totalitarian countries. 
Bahrani, like many other Ukrainian authors, was arrested multiple times, jailed, tortured, exiled, and sent to labor camps. He managed to escape from one of his exiles back to Ukraine before being arrested again. He was only free when his health was failing him. Ivan Bahrani died at the age of 56 in 1963. The tragic fate of the generation of the 20s and 30s demonstrates all the strength of the Ukrainian spirit, its creative potential, the need for its own path, and the independence from the forceful influence of other countries. Cultural development took place under the conditions of complete idealization of the entire society, math repressions, persecutions of dissidents, especially the intelligentsia. I will end with two quotes. Ukrainian poet Yevhen Pluznik wrote to his wife after being sentenced to death by a firing squad. I am writing to you as the sun is shining outside my window. And oh goodness, how difficult I find to restrain myself as not to scream about how good my life is, about how wonderful the future of a person who owns the right to that future is. I'm sending you a kiss, my dear, and ask that you remember the date of this letter as a date of one of my best days. And Mikola Khvilovi said, we must immediately take to the side of young Ukrainian society and forever put an end to the counter-revolutionary idea of creating a Russian culture in Ukraine. So let us, in the 21st century, follow his advice. Thank you so much for joining me today. And this is what we need to know about Ukraine this week.